This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here in a cover one with my man, Kevin. And we're going to give you all the Panther news you can handle. Man on man style. Hey, let's go. We don't need a safety on top. Ain't going to complain about nothing. Ain't that right, Dante? <laughs> all right. So what's going on in Panther universe? Well, as you guys know, uh, we got coordinators um, and there was actually a interview today, a uh, conference call with one uh uh, the uh, def- defensive coordinator, uh, Mr. Snow, Coach Snow. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about Mr. Blackburn sticking around for a little, little while. Uh, that's good news. Um, and we'll talk about some news about uh, training camp at Wofford. And, um, of course, then we'll talk about some um, some prospects from the Senior Bowl um, uh, that went down over this past weekend. And uh, that's how that's going to go down. So, um, hold on to your seats, folks. Kevin Avery and myself are going to drop knowledge on you, and you about to get educated. Dig it. <laughs> All right, so let's start front and center with Coach Snow and um, the interview he had on today. Uh, let's see. He um, was talking about well, several different things, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in detail, um, uh, Mr. Avery. Um, what did you take from the uh, uh, the conference call with uh, Phil Snow, uh, uh, Kevin? Yeah, well, from the uh, conference call with defense, Panthers defense coordinator Phil Snow, um, I was able to take a lot of information, you know, a lot of things that I personally was hoping to hear, I heard, and a lot of, you know, rumors and speculations that have been floating around by certain fans kind of, was brought into light, but I definitely like the fact that, you know, Phil Snow was blunt, honest, and direct, and he and he stepped by his guns, and I like that about him. Um, but, yeah, so with his conference call, he was pretty much, you know, being um, asked, you know, what is his plans, how he's going to do personnel, you know, what is his, you know, expectations. And one of the time, the first question was asked, uh, about him during his um, in his conference call was, you know, what he believes as far as the core values of defense and what's his expectations. And what he was pretty much was saying is that, you know, you play the game, you got to play it fast, physical, create turnovers, and not give up big plays. So those are his core values. So uh, play fast, play physical, create them turnovers, and not give up big plays. And you said, that's what we're trying to do here. So, you know, if you don't play fast and physical, then you're going to give up big plays and you're not going to be able to create turnovers. So mm-hmm. you feel like all of that, you know, ties in together. Mm-hmm. So they're going to basically, it's basically going to be a defense that is going to adapt to whatever the opponent's strength or, or what their feature is coming in. What I mean by that is, cult. That Snow was saying that, you know, we're going to be a multiple, a multiple front, multiple look team. So I know a lot of people are thinking we're going back to the four three. Um, you know, at the Rivera left, but you know, we did a lot of hybrid personnel adding to our defense. And so you know, Coach Snow was pretty much saying that that uh, we're going to be a multiple front team. So we're going to see the thirty fronts which are the three down linemen. We're going to see the 40 fronts with the four down linemen. And he, he wants to make sure that we put our personnel in a position to win. He's like, that's how the defense is going to be successful is putting the players what they do best and putting them in positions where they're going to win their matchups and win their battles. So he's definitely, he's definitely looking forward to, um, to being very versatile when it comes with defensive alignments and how we match up, you know, he even brought up, you know, for us old school football fans, he even brought up being able to use the bear front. <laughs> Anyone that don't know what the bear front is, it was made <laughs> famous by the Chicago Bears, yeah. where, you know, we basically had 
a defensive lineman over every offensive lineman, and you know we're coming after the you know we're coming after the quarterback. You know, so it ain't gonna just be three or four. It's gonna be five and sometimes six. You know, defenders on the line of scrimmage lined up in front of you know whoever is in front of us, and we and we and we going hunting. So I like the fact that he's um, he's willing to show you know versatility. And he also gave background description of what he did at Baylor, where they did a lot of 30 fronts, you know, what he did at Temple, which was a lot of 40 fronts. So, again, this he's very versed with, you know, uh, you know, being able to play, you know, with hybrid, you know, styles. And he brought up the fact that in 2017, how Baylor had one of the worst defenses. And in two years, they became one of the top defenses. And what he said was, is that they started 20 freshmen their first year, but all those freshmen stayed and they was able to develop these guys, coach them up and get them in the right positions. And I could see him doing that with the Panthers, you know, with whatever players that we bring on the roster this year, you know, that's what's going to happen. They're going to have to be coached up and trial by fire. But, you know, we, we look forward to seeing steady improvement when it comes to that. But overall, I think fans should be really excited about Phil Snow, a defense coordinator. I know he's not known outside of the college ranks um, here. I know there was a lot of questioning because his limited NFL experience, which he did have four years as linebacker coach from 2005 and 2008 with the Detroit Lions. Uh, he touched on that as well. He was basically saying that those were some tough years, but those tough years allowed him to learn so much that he was able to implement to become a better coach when he did return uh, to the college ranks. Um, one last thing here, Tim, and um, before I kick it back to you, is it was asked about what's his teaching style like? How does he like to coach? And he says he's very aggressive. Uh, he's loud on the field, but he likes being a teacher as well. He likes to make complicated things simple. You know, and he said that's what they focus on. You know, it's just, it's just make it simple for the players so that they're um, – that they're acting on the play instead of reacting. So I really think that that's going to be something that um, that's going to really benefit our defense. And I think our players are going to be excited to uh, be up under the tutelage, tut, uh, tutelage of a guy like uh, Phil Snow. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I really like Snow's philosophy. Um, he seems to be you know, obviously well-versed in the, in the defensive scheme, scheme of things, but, um, his idea of, you know, connecting a player to a particular system um, is predicated on the player, not the system. Um, and I, re I really like that point of view. Um, is it, at the pro level, you know, the, the, the skill set, you know, like, like a lot of players say, no, everybody's fast. Everybody's fast in the NFL. It don't matter. Everybody can run. You know, so, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of the little things um, that that dictate success when it comes to to player and schemes, and things of that nature. Um, and it seems like Snow is that type of attention to detail type of person, um, um, but he's not afraid to to mix it up as as you mentioned. You know, he he really looks forward to um, you know putting players in position to succeed. Um, you know, not only to win, but to succeed, you know, I mean, you, you can win, you can win a game and it, it could be somewhat of a, of a fallacy because, you know, you didn't play well, but you still won. Um, but if you play, if you play the way you're supposed to play, whether you win or not, you're always going to become a, a better player. You're going to become a, a, a better, a better person, um, ultimately, because you have consistency. Um, and, and it seemed like snow brings that, brings that to the table. And I love that. Um, and one thing that stuck out to me um, um, on using unusual looks in the secondary at Baylor and, sh and the shifting and things of that nature, you know, it's, um, you know, and, and he, he reiterated, you know, you, you don't you don't just run a system if you do, if you don't have the players to run it. Right. The players win the football games, not the coaches. All right, so we've got to put them in the best position to play um, and when it, and technique schematics, you know, that is. Uh, it is what it is as, as they develop the roster. But at the end of the day, you have to put these players in position, all right, to win football games, right? And that means having the right schematics 
to go with with said personnel, right? And teach them, coach them up into that into that scheme, um, and and let them loose, man. Play fast, and physical, like Kevin said. You know, they they're serious about this, um, and and I think that's 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 a big reason why uh, Rule got Snow and the rest of his rest of his guys that come along with him. Um, you know, I, I think Tepper saw saw the, the cohesiveness that needed to happen in that locker room so we could go forward. Um, even if we didn't sign Cam, we still have that cohesiveness in the locker room that hopefully gives <laughs> get us through some games, man. I mean, if we win, if we win one of eight games, it's a, it's a freaking miracle. Uh, I'm, I don't care if Cam's playing or not. If we win more than eight games next year, it's a freaking miracle. <laughs> um, but it it it's it's really going to, going to depend on that chemistry, and uh, Snow Rule, those guys. I, I love their philosophy, right? It's not like this is this is it. This is blah 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 blah. Each season is a new season in a in a in a whole bunch of ways. Um, that's how Rule's approaching it, and that's how Snow approaches it too. Um, I like him. Big fan, big fan from what I see so far, Kevin. Oh yeah, I'm definitely a fan of his. You know, just 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 going back to you know everywhere that he's been. I mean, the fact that he's you know not only helped send players to NFL, but his units have consistently been top five units in whatever you know conference or whatever um, division that they're in. Uh, it just goes to show that you know even though he's 64 years old, he's been waiting you know for this opportunity. And I like the fact that that he's so excited about the opportunity to the, to develop these players and to see them succeed at what they do best. And the fact that him and Coach Rule have you know known each other since 2001 and have worked together since 2013, mm. I think that's huge because they they're going to be able to share and, and think alike, you know, in a lot of ways that will allow for you know, the play calling and the play design and the, and the schemes to, to, to really mesh here. And, you know, and with the additional of all these additional, you know, coaches we have and like, you know, run game coordinators, pass game coordinators, um, you know, run defense coordinators, pass defense coordinators, you know, we're just going to have more people that can be able to put together a more complete plan than we, than we've ever had before. You know, under, you know, under Mr. Richardson, you know, these, you know, you know, we was very limited as far as personnel, not only in the front office, but on the coaching staff as well. So, um, you know, I'm just very excited to to, you know, watch this process being made. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, putting up a lawn chair and and watching a construction crew, you know, build a build a skyscraper. You know, we're, we're watching the foundation part. We know it's going to be a while before it's completed, but you just want to enjoy the process. And that's just the mind frame that I've adopted. So, you know, whatever moves are made, you know, for the rest of this offseason, heading into the training camp, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy it and and see how it all plays out. Here, here, man. That's all we can do. All we can do, man. And, but I'll tell, tell you what, though, man. I, I, I I think that that keep pounding mantra is is going to be just fine. Uh, I think it's it's going to be just fine. Uh we're going over to Mr. Blackburn. Oh, Chase. Um, if, of course, you guys already know Chase Blackburn was our special teams coordinator. Um, we had we had some good stuff. Chase put Chase put together some stuff, man. He knows his stuff, man. Now, what you think, Kev? Yeah, as far as with Chase Blackburn returning, uh. This is one of the one of the coaches that I was hoping would remain under the new staff. But as you know, when a new coach comes in, there's there's no guarantees. But he was someone I was definitely um, excited for to have opportunity to remain in Carolina. Uh, you know, outside the last few games, when let's just be honest, the team quit. You know, and I know it looked real ugly. You know, the last few games, but. Overall, you know, the special teams unit for the most part, for a majority part of 2019 season, was was pretty solid. And I just think the fact that, you know, with with the things that we saw and 
in 2019. And I think the fact that Coach Rule looked over it and and gave him a fair opportunity. You know, he even told Blackburn that, you know, you're getting the interview as if, you know, you're, you know, you're actually going for the job. You're not, I'm not I don't look at you as a retread or a holdover. I'm looking at you as a qualified candidate. And Chase Blackburn said that made him feel real good and relaxed that he was getting that type of, you know, being given that type of uh, respect and opportunity. But, you know, overall, special teams units, you know, on the Panthers website, there was a uh, there was a little link near the bottom of the page about Chase Blackburn that broke down, uh, you know, the special teams, you know, overall performance of all four units. Like I said, it really imploded them last four games. You know, Carolina being ended up ranked 28th overall for all four special team units. So, but that that doesn't tell the whole story. Mm-mm. And I just like the fact that, you know, with Chase Blackburn and Coach Rule having some history because when Blackburn was playing for the Giants in 2012, oh, yeah. that's when Rule was there yeah. as a uh, assistant offensive line coach. And so there is some, there was some familiarity there. And I see the opportunity for Blackburn to really now that he's retained his job to really uh, be excited. And it seems that based on what was discussed in the interview, that Coach Rue puts a lot of emphasis on special teams play and in execution. You know, because I'm going to be honest, under the Rivera years, I don't want to say that we kind of just whiz through special teams, but I could definitely say that being privileged to have access to some practices that, you know, it wasn't something that was done with a lot of uh, lengthy detail. You know, I, you know, I know everybody pretty much always like to focus on offense and defense, but it seems that under coach rule that special team units is going to be looked at as a, as an equal third with the offense and the defense. And it was said that um, coach rule said that, you know, you can't have a good team, a good overall football team if you don't have good special teams. So I just like the fact that this unit is going to be emphasized because most fans only talk about special teams when they fail. And um, I look forward to the opportunity to seeing um, all of our special team units be emphasized as as the ability to to affect games um, consistently. So I think it's a good opportunity, and I'm I'm happy for Coach Blackburn coming back and and uh, see how this thing goes. Heck yeah, man! I was I was happy to hear Coach is gonna be sticking around, man. Um, you know, he already has a rapport with with a linebacker court too. You know, since he played 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 linebacker there, but um, yeah, he, he <laughs> Blackburn knows his stuff, folks. He knows his stuff, man. It's, case in point, when in London, um, when when we all we almost made that bad boy too. He he, he understood he understood the, the the situation and was able to potentially get us an an, an additional three points um, going into the half. Um, so I mean, that was that was I, mean, I, I love that. I love that. It's like, what the hell's going on? Oh shit! Yeah, Coach Blackburn got his. Oh snap! So I mean, he's a he's a, he's a, he's definitely an asset, man. And, and to have Coach Rule, you know, have your back in that regard, um, yeah, yeah, you know, games are games are won and lost in special teams, folks. And if you're a Panther fan, you know, you know that's absolute truth, Jack. <laughs> Super Bowl, stop playing games. It's very important. And I, I think I think Chase is a perfect person for that spot. I really do. I really do. I didn't realize he had that history of Coach Rule, though, man. That's crazy. Yeah, he does. Um, you know, with the uh, with the background of, of Coach Rule and um, his, that led to him being in this position. You know, you're gonna cross paths with a lot of people. Uh, you know, a lot. Uh, I don't know if the fans know, but uh, you know, I mentioned that. Uh, Coach Rule and Coach Snow uh, known each other since 2001. Well, what it was is at the time when I believe when he was at the uh, University of California mm-hmm. that Snow was the uh, defense coordinator and Rule was his graduate assistant. 
And so he uh, came along and uh, they stayed together for a couple of years. And I believe that, that Rule became, was Snow's uh, assistant defensive line coach uh, while he was out there. And, you know, the favor got returned when Rule got the job at Temple. And he said Snow was his first person in mind as a, as a defensive coordinator. And like I said, from Temple to Baylor and now from Baylor to Carolina. So, they, uh, yeah, you, um, uh, it's good to, uh, you know, em- embark the journey that you're on because you never know what people you'll be meeting later on down the road. Yeah. Wise words, man. It's words to live by right there, folks. You never know who you're going to run into down the road, so you better be kind to everybody. Be respectful to everybody. You, you just never know. Well, not to mention you want to be a good person anyway. But anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. Man. I, lo- I love I love stories like that, man. You know, can, you know, kind of makes you think things happen for a reason. You know, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so we have some great news about Wofford, y'all. Got some great news. If you guys go down to uh, you know training camp at Old Wofford in Spartanburg, South Kakalake, well, guess what? You're going to keep going. <laughs> oh, man. So, Kevin got some got some hot news off the press, man. What's up, Kevin? What's going on with Wofford? Yeah, well, about, uh, about 6, 6.30 this evening, uh, you know, as I was, you know, constantly stay on my Twitter, uh, I came across that, um, that the Carolina Panthers have um, made it known that they would like to return to Spartanburg for touring camp and in 2020 and as we all know the contract ended after the 2019 season and you know it's been there ever since the Panthers started in 95 as you know this was the um, alma mater of former owner Jerry Richardson mm-hmm. um, but yeah the um, only thing that's left to be done now is pretty much uh, finalize a contract agreeing to a lot of Panthers to return in both 2020 and also, 2021, um, the facility that Mr. Tepper's having built won't be available until what's forecasted August of 2022. Mm. And until that happens, you know, it just makes more sense to keep it where it's already been instead of relocating to a new place. And then two years after that, finally moving it to the new facility. You know, why not keep it where, you know, everybody's comfortable and knows and has always had a good relationship. So for me personally, I'm I'm definitely excited that to be going back to uh, Walford. Uh, you know, look forward to the 95 degree heat with uh, 80% humidity and and you know the uh, the coming. mosquitoes that be working out at Gold's Gym, Those all that good stuff. So <laughs> and, you know, it'll definitely be uh, it'll definitely be worth it. A lot of memories down there for me as a fan, and you know, I just look forward to. Um, uh, to uh, enjoying a couple more years at uh, Walford. A lot of great places down there. Uh, shout out to the Beacon Restaurant in Spartanburg. They Beacon. have the best, the best food down there. Um, you know, have to shout out uh, our, our good friend, uh, Marcus Smith, who lives in Spartanburg, who uh, was the first one to, you know, introduce me several years ago. But definitely, um, I'm excited we go out. Uh, we we're going back to Walford. You know, it's a it's an hour. And, it's not even a, it's an hour and a half from Charlotte, straight down Interstate eighty five. Um, easy access, um, great community, great area. You know, the Spartanburg community love the Panthers, and uh, the Panthers shown a lot of love back to the Spartanburg area. So, I definitely, uh, definitely excited about this about this move. I love it. I love it. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. You know what it's gonna look like when they finish building a new spot. Don't get me wrong, but Wofford has so much history, man, with the Panthers and the Panther fans. Hey, man, you know we got Kevin giving shout outs to restaurants, and I mean that that local business type of thing, man. That's that's huge. That's huge, especially going forward um, these days, man. You know, support local. That's 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 a big deal. Um, so it's, it's, it's great. It's great to know that Wofford's going to be, um, it's going to be holding, holding camp there for a little bit longer, man. That's awesome. 
But like Kevin said, man, get your, hey, get you better get the you better get that repellent. The mosquitoes, hey, they'll they'll pick up your kids now. Don't play games. <laughs> they got you gotta if if you wanna be be a mosquito, from my understanding, if you wanna be a mosquito, right, in Spartanburg, you need to you need to go to the um or the FAA. <laughs> they got they got you know flight hours and shit you know <laughs> big old mosquitoes man gosh you think the red cross was on your arm boy i tell you hey but one thing i will share that works tim what's that is um you know find you the near find your favorite avon lady oh. get you some avon skin so soft yes sir uh uh, immediate uh, insect repellent. Yes, you um, you will not be bothered. So yes. uh, find your local Avon lady and uh, hit her up before you head out to Walford. Yeah, perfect. That's absolutely correct, man. Yeah, man. It don't smell too bad, neither, man. I kind of like it smelling. It smells all right. Nah, it don't. It don't. Mm. So tell me, ask you this: have, have you ever made it down to Spartanburg uh, to camp before for I have. A practice? I have. I have. Um, I'm, I'm about to show. Okay. My, I'm about to show my age here. It's been a while, man. Um, you know, we, we. Uh oh. I used to go hang out. We had, huh? I said we had color TVs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had color TV. Um, Moose was still on the team, and um, was it Moose? I think it was, yeah, Moose was still on the team, but Matt Moore was a quarterback. So, so uh, let me guess, 2009. Very good, indeed, indeed. indeed. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was down there with some buddies of mine, man. Um, they, they were big Panther fans. Um, they one, one of them worked, uh, what was that, was a Wells Fargo down in Charlotte. The other one used to live um near us my uh my wife and i used to hang out with them quite a bit um they moved to san francisco but they're they're huge panther fans man and we used to go down there quite a bit um and waffle waffle was one of the places that that we used to go because then you know, i was working in the in the you know retail sector then and, you know getting days off was crazy so um but we always made our way down to wofford um so but, but it's yeah it's been it's been a good 11 years since i've been down there though but yeah, man, that that heat ain't changed. I tell you that shit. God Almighty, I, oof, that is no joke. But it's fun, man. If you never been, folks, you need to go. You, you need to go. You, you never see you never see so many Panther fans. Hype, you know, so positive. You know, the season season hasn't started yet, but you know, you see your favorite players. You see everybody out there running around. You know, when you, you know football's about it's, it's about to really really pop off. And yeah, yeah man, it's. Wofford's special, man. I like it. I, I kind of wish they'd stay there forever, but you know things happen. Uh, but yeah, I like I like Wofford, bro. Yeah, that was that was something else. All right. Who knows? Maybe we can uh, get you to come down there uh, this year for the closer for good. Let you get to say goodbyes to Wofford, man. Yeah, I know, right? I'm I might have to, man. I mean, I'm I'm serious, dude. I'm th- things are looking good in terms of business right now, so I I, I might be able to do that actually. Um, so it, it's yeah. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. I would like to, man. We should, we should, we should, we should be reporting live from from uh, from Wofford and the Four Man Rush anyway. So that'd be awesome. Four Man Rush exclusive. Exclusive. You heard it, folks. Shit. <laughs> oh man. Um. Now at Wofford, we might possibly see some of the uh, uh, some of the players out of the Senior Bowl uh, from this last this past weekend. Now there's some there's some guys who uh, who went in there with some hype, and there's some guys in there who went who went in there with some hype that came out with even more hype. <laughs> so um, so we're going to talk about talk about some of uh, uh some of those gentlemen um, at the, at this point. Um, Kev, uh, who, who who struck your eye and who uh who who do you who who did you really like to, uh, um, to look at or you know study? Uh, senior, uh, senior bowl. Yeah, well, for me, you know, with senior bowl, you know, they was televising their practices that led up to the game that was uh, this past Saturday mm-hmm. um, on the twenty fifth of uh, of January. So, you know, just from you know what I was able to see, plus what I was able to read up on, 
it was uh, it was several players during the week of practice that really uh, that really stood out. Someone that that you know because it's a position of of need for us that I like was uh, defensive tackle Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. Folks, I know a lot of us have been talking about Dare Brown out of Auburn, and that is well, well and good. That is a man child amongst itself. But man, this Gallimore guy, he's somebody that definitely will be an impact player for many years to come. I feel like in the NFL, I mean, he was someone that he can line up multiple spots along the defensive front and create habit with speed power and some very violent hands. I mean this man has some has some some pop with them hands when he gets to move. Not only are they are they strong, but they're fast. Mm. And you're talking about athletic ability for a guy that size to be moving. Like he uh he be trucking. I mean not to keep a lot of extra unwanted praise, but Think about Warren Sapp and his prime, how he was chasing plays down from the opposite side. Like, Gallimore's got that type of motor and that type of athleticism where he is, um, you know, you block him one-on-one, you're going to be in for a long day. But uh, he was definitely someone that stuck out, you know, pretty much the most to me. Um, another person that stuck out was, you know, from South Carolina, you know, Javon Kenlaw. Uh, our very own Carnado, you know, was... Telling us back during the season, hey, look out. This is going to be a guy we, uh, the Panthers, might should be considered uh, looking at here. And he uh, he definitely was someone that uh, made probably the biggest jump because he was at once considered a, you know, mid-second-round pick. But now, after a senior bowl, let's talk that he, because he did so well on his interviews and during, um, during the week of practice and also in the game, he possibly could have talked himself up to being a top 10 pick, definitely top 15. Um, he's someone that's, you know, again, you know, got the physical tools. He's got the motor and he's someone from a very humble background. I don't know if uh, any of you Panther fans read a story on the Panthers website, but, um, you know, Javon Kenlaw, you know, came from, you know, uh, being homeless as a child. Mm. And uh, those very humble beginnings have really, fueled his his fire to you know want to uh be the best that he can be so uh he was someone that uh that also stood out to me as well uh for my fellow Tar Heel fans uh Jason Strobridge uh, a defensive end uh, as you see I'm talking about trench guys because that's where we need the most work uh he was someone that had that nice long frame you know Tim you know you was talking earlier about having a 4-3 defensive end, mm-hmm. uh, this Jason Strobridge, he would definitely fit that bill. Um, he's someone that pushed in the mind of, like, Trey Flowers that, you know, used to play play with the Patriots but then got the big contract with the Lions. Uh, think of a, think of a younger version of Trey Flowers when, um, when you uh, talk about Jason Strobridge. So, um, you, know, these, you know, these are just some of the, the uh, linemen that really stuck out to me. A uh, couple of wide receivers also stood out. The uh, KJ Hill, wide receiver at Ohio State, um, he's someone that uh, wow. I mean, he was just juking guys like he was breaking press coverage like like it was nothing. Like, oh, you trying to check me? Oh, oh, where you at? You know, he's already caught the ball and gone. Like he um, he's really uh, he's a very good guy when it comes to running, breaking off the line of scrimmage and beating press coverage. So. Uh, he really stood out. So for me, those were just some of the players that stood out for me um, during the Senior Bowl week. Yeah, and some of the guys that stood, I was, I was kind of like going off the going off the beaten path. I know everybody's, you know, looking at the looking at the the the, the line and things of that nature. You know, on offense and defense, uh, and rightfully so. Um, I was looking kind of like at the uh, at the skill position, um, like you know, I, I one of one of the guys. Actually, it was um, um, Denzel Mims. Um, seems to look like he was a complete package. Um, great um, hand-eye coordination. Um, you know, you high point the ball. Um, you know, he's he's a uh, he, he did he did a pretty good job on elevating his uh his stock. Um, and you know, 
There was some. There was another gentleman out of the north, I believe. Um, um, was that kid Jordan Love out of Utah State? Um, I, I know. I know he's a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Um, but him and um Anthony Gordon were acting a fool out there. Um, doing, doing some passing and catching, man. I was I was intrigued by that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, there's just quite a few uh quite a few players out there I was I was looking at man you know but you know it's just I was just like you know okay it's a senior bowl you know I mean the combines my shit combine will be here in a, what what about three and a half weeks four weeks um so I mean it's it's going to be interesting don't get me wrong but I mean there were there were a, there were a lot of a lot of skillful but I was I was really intrigued by by the receivers receiver core um going into this um. I'm going to this draft coming out of the Senior Bowl, man. I was I was really intrigued by that, man. These kids are these kids are really really getting better and better as they come out. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm intrigued, man. It was it was, uh, it was it was pretty cool. I didn't watch the game in itself. I, I watched a lot of the uh, a lot of the drills um, and some just some of the highlights, but. Um, just, just from reading up and, and again, looking at some of the, some of these kids and, um, what they were doing at their, at their respective schools. Yeah, there's, uh, like, 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 uh, Kevin said, man, there's, uh, especially the O-line position. There's, uh, there's, there's, there's some, there's some really good players to pick from, but Hey, watch out for them receivers. The receiver, they, 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 watch out now. I know, now I know there's rumors going around that we're going after that, that gentleman that played for the Jets. I forget his name. Robbie Anderson. Yeah. It's, what, have you heard anything else on that? Yeah. The uh, It appears that right now the uh, front runners are the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles uh, for for the services of, of Robbie Anderson. Uh, but uh, Carolina definitely has an advantage because um, Anderson went to Temple where Coach Rue was when he coached. And he was uh, on his own. You know, Rob Anderson uh, made it known that uh, he definitely wouldn't have a problem um, relinking back up with Coach Rule. He said he taught him so much and taught him how to, you know, you know, perfect his craft and and always put him in a position to succeed. So I understand that you know a lot of people, you know, a lot of players, you know, want that big paycheck, such that second you know, after their rookie contract is up, but. Um, yeah, man, I, I think that, you know, a guy like Robbie Anderson with his skill set with uh, what we already have, man, that, <laughs> man, hey, that's, hey, it, 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 that receiving call could really get a, a upgrade, you know, especially if we, uh, we make a, you know, also grab a someone in a draft. So you add, you know, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, who, I think we'll turn it up a notch with a healthy quarterback because it'll be his uh, final year of his rookie contract. We know how well players do in their final year when it's time for that money to come up. Uh, throwing a guy like Robbie Anderson and possibly someone like a, like you mentioned, a Denzel Mims or even from South Carolina, Brian Edwards. Mm. You try the four wide receivers out there with a McCaffrey in the backfield. Man, you better stop with a healthy <laughs> Cam Newton, boy. Yo, yo. You know, you, you don't want these problems. You don't. You don't you, rebuild or not, you don't. You don't want to see that type of smoke. Mm-mm. You don't want it. You don't want it. You don't want it. You spread because I mean, they spreading the field with somebody like Christian McCaffrey in the center of the field. Man, all eyes are gonna be on Christian. I don't care what you say. From this point forward, every time Christian McCaffrey steps on the field, you're gonna have you're gonna have eleven set of eyes on that boy. Everybody want to know where he at. That means somebody's going to get burned. <laughs> You're going to get burned. You know it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot more difficult to gang tackle on on a on a player when if they receive a pass or whatever. You know if everybody and their mama's running to the other side of the field chasing Chris McCaffrey. Man, boy, you put that speed out there with Chris McCaffrey, boy. Come on now, stop playing. Oh my God. Ooh, daddy, <laughs> I would love to see that, man. I would love to see that. Wow, who knows? Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. 
Yeah, Tim, and another guy that uh, that stuck out that could directly impact the Panthers' draft position as far as who could fall to us was Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's starting to heat up that it's it could be anywhere between three to four quarterbacks that could potentially get picked, you know, before the Panthers. Um, so let that seven. And if that happens, we're going to have some guys that were top three, top five that we thought may not fall to us that could be sitting right there in our lap, folks. And, uh, yeah, you know, we could be in a position where it's like, uh, do we want the uh, – do we want the Bugatti? Do we want the Bentley? Uh, do we want the Maserati? You know, which, you know, what's your what's your flavor? You know, what what's you, how you want to ride? So, you know, just keep an open mind when it comes to the pit. Personally, I'm I'm hoping that the, all these quarterbacks show out because we know teams are are hungry to draft a a a quarterback that's ready and and build around him while he's on his rookie contract. There's already talk that um, teams are looking forward to jumping up in the top five to, to grab quarterbacks. So if that happens, please, by all means, I hope so, because I, I would love for when the Panthers pick, there's someone like a Derrick Brown still there, um, Isaiah Simmons still there. Uh, what's the what's the cornerback out of Ohio State that uh, that our boy Vince Holm likes so much? Oku. Oh, oh, something like that. Yeah, whatever his name is, uh, forgive <laughs> us. We'll 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 get it right later. But yeah, man. I mean, we we could have some you know some generational talent just be falling our laps, and it could be a difficult decision. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely hoping to see these quarterbacks turning out at the combine and at their pro days, so teams will be looking to leapfrog because teams like. Uh, Obviously, the Bengals at number one, Joe Burrow. That that should already be written on their car right now. Like, I mean, I don't even know why they want to play games. Talking about their entertain offers. Let, bro, don't don't play yourself. Just go ahead and write Joe Burrow on that car. Um, you know, Miami Dolphins. You know, they're speculated to be wanting to get. You know, looking at uh getting Tua out of Alabama. Uh, Justin Herbert, Herbert staying on the West Coast, looking at the. Chargers at number six who picked before us. Mm. You know, there's just some mock saying that he could go there. And like I said, it could be a team that's willing to trade up to grab another one, like the the Justin Love guy that you mentioned as well. So, yeah. you know, teams have shown they, they don't mind, you know, leapfrogging to, um, to grab the quarterback that they want. And if that happens, that's that's the advantage Carolina Panthers because, again, we're going to be looking at getting a uh, an instant – you know, generational player that we can probably count on for the next 10 years. And, uh, you know, just like we did when we grabbed McCaffrey at eight back in 2017, uh, whoever we grabbed at seven in 2020 is uh, definitely going to be an instant game changer for us. Amen. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. It's going to be interesting. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Stay tuned. Because people aren't going to be able to read us next year like they have been before man you know we, we've been a certain way in a certain scheme and a certain style for almost a, a decade and yeah, right now now you have this this basically a young innovative crew of coaches outside of coach snow phil snow obviously um that is that are not afraid to mix it up you know they'll take those analytics and they're going to they're gonna do. They're gonna do some things to the to this uh, uh to this scheme and this roster, man. I'm telling you, man. Especially on offense, with <laughs> my God, you got you got that air it out type of mentality. With oh my goodness, you get, don't forget, folks. The OC used to be under Sean Payton. Don't play games, boy. You saw what you saw what LSU was doing. All right now. <laughs> Ooh, Lordy. All right, man. Hey, any parting shots there, Mr. Avery? Yeah, I was about to say, uh, did you mind if I uh, give you some breaking news here? Oh, break it. Break it, brother. Uh-oh. Stay tuned. <laughs> here we go. What's up? All right. Um, it says here, uh, and I'm reading quotation, uh, it's on ESPN.com. It's reporting that... Uh, 
Los Angeles Chargers offensive line coach and run game coordinator Pat Mayer is expected to become uh, the Carolina Panthers offensive line coach. Ooh. All right. And Green Bay Packers defensive back coach Jason Simmons is likely to become the Panthers' new defensive back coach. Um, so, you know, a lot of people were concerned about, you know, mostly college coach has been on the staff, but it's, it's pretty much a nice mix of college and NFL experience. Uh, but the main thing I'm concerned about is um, these coaches being able to teach and develop players. So, uh, oh, and also uh, Panthers running back coach, you know, I mean, you talked about this in the uh, IG Live pregame per se, but uh, he's uh, he's being kept over and it's going to be bumped up, going to be quarterback's coach which he was when he was at Alabama under Nick Saban. And he also has experience in that um, with the Raiders and the Jaguars as well, being their quarterback's coach. So uh, mm. that'll be uh, JP's um, for the Carolina Panthers. So now it's not finalized yet. Uh, should be done sometime in the next few days, but uh, it looks like we find us a new offensive line coach and a defensive back coach to uh, to add to the plethora of uh, assistance up on the coach rule. Yeah. How you like that, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, for Panther fans, a lot of us, he was a favorite one of ours. Uh, we didn't uh, mention this, but... Uh, Former Panthers linebacker coach Al Holcomb is coming back. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, he's going to be um, uh, the. Let's see what it says here. Yeah, he's going to be the defensive run game coordinator. So his job is to uh, help you know stop the runs, which uh, oh, we definitely could use. Hi, man. Dear yeah, God, man. Really? <laughs> so, as you know, uh, Holcomb left uh, with Wilts when went out to Arizona, became his defensive coordinator. Oh, shit. And then Wilts also took him with him to uh, Cleveland as well when Wilts uh, became defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And um, life is coming full circle. Al Holcomb is uh, uh, coming back. And if I'm not mistaken, Holcomb, before he came to the Panthers the first time around was with the New York Giants when Matt Rule was there back in 2012. Mm. So, hey, man, I mean, it's, it's, it really is a small world after all in, in, um, with, this, uh, with this coaching tree here, uh, you know, with this, as far as the uh, connections from the past. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's what I have as far as um, uh, new uh, breaking news when it comes to the um, uh, new coaches being added. Man, run defensive coordinator. I like that. I like that. <laughs> people get really, really specific about people's job titles. You know, it's reflective of society. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, because this would be something never had before with the Panthers. I mean, on offense, uh, we got a run, um, a run coordinator and a pass coordinator, and on defense, we have a run defense and a pass defense coordinator. Now, normally, you know, it's pretty much been offense coordinator, defensive coordinator, which we will have, but then we got coordinators below them that specifically is going to be tasked with one particular aspect. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that's, uh, yeah, so you're going to see a lot of coaches in khakis on the sideline for the Carolina <laughs> Panthers uh, during the rule era. <laughs> yeah, man, khakis and iPads, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Khakis. <laughs> 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 oh, man. That's all right. Hey, long, long, as long as Jake from State Farm got that Super Bowl trophy in his hand, I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, man. I, hey, I, I hope it works out, though. Man. I, I, re I really hope these, uh, these changes work out. Um, so, it's going to be all right. Well, Panther folks, Panther fans, men, women, children, <laughs> thanks for stopping by and uh, checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Uh, 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, we were in the cover cover one, man, man, uh, not not man zone. Cover one, straight up man to man, almost a cover zero. <laughs> um, but yeah, glad you guys came out and uh, checked us out um, and tune in to this podcast. Um, make sure that you check out our uh, social media platform uh, content: um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, check us out on um, um, if, if you're not listening to us on you know iTunes uh, if you're on Podbean tell your friends if they have a Stitcher or a Spotify account we're on there too um, and uh, yeah, and of course always check out our, our, our write-ups and our blogs um, on the uh, www.4manrush.com um, got some great great writers man these guys stay on top of it like seriously like like seriously like kevin gets you know up to date up to up to minute up to the minute like you know news breaking stuff um from me from his sources um so it you got you guys can't you can't get any better than this i'm i'm a little biased but that's all right i'm also honest (laughs) it doesn't get any better than this when it comes to carolina panther news man um, so, um, thanks again, guys. Whether you listen to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, make sure you're taking care, taking care of yourself. Um, don't drink too much Kool-Aid. And as always, keep pounding. Right on, Kev. Good job, bro. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. You uh, definitely made it uh, easy. I was nervous since it was just us. <laughs> oh, man, come on now. We're on episode 43, man. You don't need to be nervous. <laughs> We're coming up on that fitting. She love it. We are in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we call me and you The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.